another episode of Influx. I am your host, Lara, and this is episode two of season two. The Whole Flux community wanted to extend a big thank you to everyone who attended our fall kickoff. We had a blast. So many new faces, and it was great to finally meet some of you in person. We have one big announcement for you all. We have tons of great events happening this quarter, and we just wrapped up a few. Be on the lookout for your mentorship pairing and make sure to contact your mentor or mentee ASAP. But coming up, week six, is our 24-hour design challenge, Fluxathon. So show up and participate because it is a blast. And with that, this week we have the wonderful Jackie Sabillon on the podcast this week. Jackie is a recent SCAD grad who graduated right before the COVID outbreak almost two years ago now. We actually recorded this episode when she was a product designer for Click Therapeutics in New York just a few weeks back. Since then, she has actually started a new position at the MIT Media Lab as a user experience designer. We talked to Jackie about her move to go from illustration to UX, and even about her calling to empower those around her. We hope you all enjoy this conversation. Now, I will hand it off to Varun, Nico, and Jackie. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, I wanted to start off with a super random piece of information that hopefully you remember. Uh, if you don't, that's totally fine. But if you remember, I used to be the manager at SCADFIT. Oh, oh my God, I yes, do. you do remember immediately. <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> and for those who don't know, you often have to like check in like yoga classes and spin classes and stuff like that. And I always remember Jackie's name, and I think it's just because it's such a cool name. And um, I'm wondering, what is the inspiration for your name? Ooh, what's the inspiration for my name? First uh, or last, if you even know. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, I wish I was, uh, you know, I wish I could have picked my own name. Uh, <laughs> that would have uh, been really cool for me. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, so my my um, my last name is Savillon, uh, which is... Uh, French uh, slash Spanish last name. Um, oh, I, uh, combo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I'm originally from Honduras. So back back home, uh, most people have some sort of either Spanish last name or depending on what area you come from. Like, yeah, it could be an English last name, French last name. Uh, it just happened to have some sort of uh, mix French and Spanish last name. Oh, cool. And then Jackie? Jackie? I mean, yeah, my, my, my mom <laughs> uh, just, you know, named me Jacqueline and feel like it's sometimes a little long. So I just go by Jackie. <laughs> okay. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad we cleared the air with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as part of the interview today, I decided to dig deep into your online presence. And what I mean by that is I looked at your portfolio and LinkedIn. That's basically it. I didn't want to go too far. Um, so first off, love your website. It's so fun. Projects are top notch. Um, and for those listening, her website is Jackie N. How do you say it? Sabion? Sabion? Sabion. Sabion.com. Anyway. Um, let's start off with some basics. You said that you work at Click Therapeutics. Can you walk us through like how you got there, how you ended up there, and um, yeah, how you like it? Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I started working at Click in March of 2020, uh, literally a week before the pandemic started, uh, which oh, wow. was very oh. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, how I ended up there. Uh, Basically, I um, I graduated a little early uh, from SCAD. I graduated uh, fall 2019, and at the time, I had just done an internship at Google. And basically, I was uh, you know I was in that weird gap where I was jobless. I had just mm -hmm. graduated, and you know I was trying to figure out life. Mm -hmm. And so I uh, randomly just decided that uh, I wanted to be in New York City. And so I just packed all my things and moved to New York. Uh, what? I, <laughs> oh my I did. God. It was a very, uh, 
very uh <laughs> very drastic move for me uh <laughs> was definitely a little scared about it but it ended up working out yeah um i got here i just started looking for jobs and stuff um i was also waiting on google to get back to me for full-time positions mm -hmm. um in the end i you know i applied to this place uh click therapeutics and they sounded really interesting. I was very interested in startup world and especially with telehealth. I think that's one of the areas mm -hmm. of uh, UX design that I, uh, I think uh, has a lot of opportunity and is rapidly growing. So yeah, I interviewed, uh, I went in person, met with uh, who became my manager and did like the whole gist of uh, the design challenge and, you know, just, technical interviews and stuff and in the end they offered me a position wow and yeah very exciting <laughs> so for that week before the pandemic were you on ground like did I you was. get to walk in oh my god what i That's did so cool. i did yeah no i got i got lucky in that sense uh at least i got to meet all my coworkers and yeah. the people i worked <laughs> with closely uh, but yeah, literally like a week and two days later, we had a case in our building. Uh, they didn't oh, wow. give out names or anything, and we didn't oh. really know what floor they were in. And so we were like, um, yeah, we're, we're packing up and we're going home. <laughs> yeah, it was intense. <laughs> what building was it? Was it like a huge skyscraper? Yeah. Uh, I wish. <laughs> no, no, it's, uh, it's uh, this... Uh, 10-story building in Tribeca. Uh, oh, basically, okay. Tribeca in New York is this like artsy area. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of offices there as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, my company rents out two floors in um, the building. But uh, there's a good mix of people in there. Uh, yeah. First floor is a gallery, which is fun. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> there's actually a few things I want to follow up from that. Um, <laughs> Go, yeah. First of all, watch telehealth because... It, it might be a dumb question, but I think that's something just great to explain just so yeah. everyone's on the same page. Um, and it sounds interesting, especially in the world of UX, but, you know, especially recently. I have no idea what it is. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so telehealth is basically healthcare on a screen. Uh, so basically it's a transition from what you would consider traditional medicine, uh, kind of with doctors and, you know, medical equipment, all that stuff, um, transitioning to a digital format. Okay. Uh, what we do is basically we offer kind of like add-on uh, support and treatments for different diseases. Uh, mm -hmm. Not in, mm -hmm. not, uh, its purpose is not to, um, I guess, replace medicine. It's to be kind of like an add-on to oh, a treatment okay. that you might be doing already. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a space where that's rapidly growing, and especially with COVID right now, it's getting really big. Uh, one of the, I guess, one of the uh, easiest ways to kind of envisioning, envision it is a talk space, for example, or uh, what's that other one called? Um, uh, I guess Headspace could also be kind of telehealth, even though it's more meditation. Right. Yeah. Uh, but anything that's in a digital format, and you don't really need to go into an office to get treatment, uh, that's what I would consider telehealth. I think that's going to lead to a few things like down the road. <laughs> but for now, um, because you mentioned living in New York in the pandemic, I know the city really changed in the, in the pandemic, or at least I've heard that it's, yeah. it was a dramatically different place. Um, I recently visited. It, it looks like the city's gotten back to normal, but how was it living in New York in a pandemic? Yeah, it was it was scary. Um, New York got one of the first hits of COVID. Um, we got hit really hard in March, and everything closed down. Uh, it, it was funny. Uh, it was I remember it was still very cold in March, and we had some snowstorms uh, still happening. All the time and yeah the city just looked like a ghost city a lot of people left all the rich people went to uh the hamptons mm -hmm. uh other not so privileged people just went back home with their parents um and yeah i stayed in the city i was living with my roommate at the time in queens and so um yeah no it was it was definitely deserted everything was closed um it was definitely not the New York that I was hoping mm -hmm. to get to meet, but uh, we made the best out of it. Um, I remember too, at the beginning, there was so much confusion around kind of like healthcare 
protocols. Uh, we didn't really know if we should be wearing masks, if we shouldn't be wearing masks, like mm -hmm. if we should even be going outside. Um, I, um, I remember my roommate and I would just stay at home and not go outside at all because no one really know how this disease was uh, transmitted. And yeah, like every time we would we would go outside, we would all, we would all be bundled up, like masked up. My mm -hmm. uh, my roommate, I remember one time she came, <laughs> she was walking upstairs. She was coming out of the subway, and there was a man at the top of the stairs with a bottle of Lysol, and he was just like COVID, <laughs> and sprayed her all. And she was like, "What the hell is happening?" Oh and, my god! And, yeah, just kept going on her way. <laughs> um, <laughs> It was yeah, it was interesting, um, but yeah, overall it was it was a really weird feeling. It felt like a ghost city for the yeah. longest. What's it like now? Yeah, that's what I was gonna follow up with. <laughs> oh, New York is back. <laughs> New York it's is back. back big time. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So now uh, I don't live in Queens anymore. I live in uh, the West Village, and yeah, uh, I live pretty close to Washington Square Park and there's parties every single day uh mm -hmm. it's it's the park is packed uh mm -hmm. everywhere is packed um there's uh scarcity in uh, rental apartments too which is fascinating um yeah. but it, it seems like m most of the people that are back are of the younger generations um i i, I believe that a lot of uh, i guess like 40s 50s people yeah. uh, most of them just uh left the city for good yeah. um i know a lot of my co-workers bought a uh, property outside of new york city and are just fully working remotely now um and most companies have been really flexible with that um, yeah. i would say except for banks but <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> but in general yeah like there's been there's been uh, a lot of people are back in the city mostly young so it, it just feels good, especially in the summer, just walking around, you see so many people and everyone's so happy. Yeah. Um, I would say also the vibe of New York changed a lot. I feel like before people were very cold and just rude. And I mean, now, I mean, they're still rude, but less so uh, and much warmer, I would say. Um, I feel like there's a need for physical connection for uh, making friends uh, people are just more open to talking to each other so that has been nice to see yeah That's super cool and with that i guess we'll go a little bit earlier than your time in in new york how about we yeah. talk a little bit about um your life at scad how was it at scad and then how has it changed since graduating yeah um no my time at scad was great uh i believe that if I hadn't gone to SCAD, uh, I would definitely not be in the position I'm in right now. And I know that sounds a little cliche, um, but I think I was, um, I guess I, I took advantage of the resources that SCAD gave me. Mm -hmm. uh, so a lot of it just had to do with networking and just meeting a lot of people. Um, the reason why I came into Flux was, was that same reason. I just wanted to meet new people, wanted to uh, get to know upperclassmen and see where they were going and what they were doing and how they were doing it. Um, mm -hmm. I was very motivated and I guess like a lot of a lot of other people in SCAD just really wanted to succeed and you know find a job once I graduated and mm -hmm. you know, be stable and stuff. So um, yeah, I think the environment of SCAD definitely pushed me to try to be the best version of myself. Um, and because of that, I got to meet a lot of people that to this day still inspire me and mm -hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> and freshman year, did you know that you wanted to do UX design or did, were you kind of undecided going in? Oh no, so when I, when I first came to SCAD, I wanted to be a game illustrator. Like very specifically. Oh, oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> I I was a big nerd. I'm still a nerd. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I I I was very big into illustration, and so um, I originally wanted to do illustration as a major, uh, mm -hmm. but I felt like I needed uh, I needed to be somewhere that would give me a little bit more money. Uh, not only in illustration, so I decided to go into IDGM. Mm -hmm. um, I actually ended up 
staying in ITGM and graduating from ITGM, um, I just did, um, for, for the people who don't know, ITGM has kind of two paths. Um, you can either do game design or interactive design. And interactive design was kind of what came before UX design was yeah. a major at SCAD. Uh, so I just stayed there because uh, a lot of the classes were very similar. Um, I got to take a lot of the HCI classes with um, with a lot of the UX professors. So it was just easier to kind of stay in that major and just pivot a little bit more into UX. Um, mm -hmm. I will say, though, that I did kind of uh, by myself, I tried to seek out uh, as many resources um, in order to be kind of immersed in this UX uh, bubble. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Have you ever thought about doing game UX? Like, that's a topic that I'm personally very interested <laughs> in. Because you were technically in the game development major, was that something that crossed your mind? Yeah, actually, it, it did. Um, so when I was... Um, when I was in... I guess when I was a rising senior... Um, I was, uh, when I was going through the whole like uh, application of uh, internships and, and just looking for work and stuff, mm -hmm. um, I actually managed to get an offer from PlayStation before oh, wow. uh, getting my Google internship. And I was very conflicted because I, I, because I was in ITGM, I, I felt like I should be exploring more of the ITGM side rather than just apps and websites. And um, yeah, it was a hard decision. Uh, in the end, I picked Google. Um, but um, that being said, I I do sometimes wish that <laughs> I would have picked PlayStation because I feel like that would have been a very unique um, yeah. experience into what UX can be, especially for games. Totally. Yeah. What are your top games? <laughs> yeah. What are my was, top games? Yeah. Oof. That was definitely coming up sometimes. Like, what did you grow up playing, and then what would you play now? Yeah, um, so I have a little brother, so I grew up playing a lot of PlayStation games with him. Uh, mm -hmm. Definitely Call of Duty, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Super Smash Bros. Uh, yeah, a lot of fighting games. Yeah. Uh, I feel like right now, what am I playing right now? Uh, I'm still playing Super Smash Bros. <laughs> um, I am... Uh, Oh, I'm trying to complete Pokemon Sword. That helps. Uh, mm. I've been really into my Switch lately. I feel like it got a a boom right now and uh, through COVID, and I was really big into Animal Crossing. Uh, totally. I forgot it. Yeah. And I'm just trying to play other games. But uh, yeah, all-time favorite, though, The Witcher 3. Why is it's that? I've actually never played any of The Witcher, but I've seen the TV show. I've only played the third one. Um, oh, and, cool. Yeah, I think I think you don't need to play the first or second one uh, to kind of get the story. Not but good. the third one is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it's fantastic. Uh, it's an open world RPG. Uh, just for the time, I think when it was first released, the graphics are insanely good. Um, mm -hmm. The storyline is really good. Um, yeah, they made a Netflix show out of it. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I love the I love playing the witcher 3 too um it's not one of my it's not my favorite game of all time but it's definitely really high up there and mm. at the when i played the game i liked it but after i watched the show i had like even more appreciation because like you said you don't yeah need to play the first and the second one mm -hmm. to understand the game but i feel like if i did i would have a little bit more understanding and that's what the show did like there is the episode in the show like the last wish like there's mm -hmm. a connected part to that in the in, in, in the game and when i watched it and when it clicked like that moment was related to this i'm like oh my god that a moment in gaming that i did two years ago when by watching this it was it was like that connection was cool because i know they're not technically supposed to be connected but you know it's, it's the same property right so mm -hmm. yeah what is your favorite game rune i don't even know if i've ever asked you that um horizon zero dawn um, I don't have a PS4, but I borrowed a friend's PS4, played through that game. I love it. It came out for um, PC this year. Mm -hmm. I really want to get it again and just play it again. Mm -hmm. But I've been holding off because it, it's kind of expensive and it's a game I've played. Like, I, I don't want to drop 50 bucks on a game that I've played. Yeah, but totally. It is my favorite game of all time. So, yeah. There's that. And I'm, I'm really amped for this. I'm really amped for the second one that's coming out this year, too. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Okay, back to the normal stuff. 
how has life been after graduating SCAD? Um, yeah, I guess you have a unique experience. So, what, I don't know. How did you adjust to being out of college, I guess? Um, good question. Um, it, it was definitely weird at the beginning. Um, like I mentioned, I, I graduated a little early, so I didn't... I got lucky in the sense that I got to spend my last day at school with my friends. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, it felt a little weird because um, well, I remember uh, we threw a party because uh, it was also my birthday. And um, yeah, I was just kind of like saying like goodbye and like, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, my, my time here has been awesome and you guys are amazing. And um it was definitely a little weird because it just kind of felt like a celebration for end of quarter uh, and people were going to go yeah. back to, to SCAD the next quarter and I was yeah. not. Uh, but at the same time, um, it was definitely, I, I'm, I'm definitely grateful that I got that experience versus, um, I guess, my, my friends who, yeah. uh, you know, uh, got hit with COVID that last, that, those last two quarters, I think, or the last quarter and didn't get to graduate uh, or walk together. Um, to be fair, I also didn't get to walk, but you know, that's okay. <laughs> you <laughs> knew totally that going okay. into it. <laughs> right, right. It was like, yeah, I mean, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, no, I, it, was, it was a little challenging at first. I think I came to New York uh, in the winter and I am not, I, I'm, I'm Honduran, I'm close to the equator. We don't mm-hmm. have snow back home. <laughs> um, yeah, it was rough. Um, I remember. Was it your first like, time seeing snow? It was not, but oh, okay. it was my first time living in snow. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that was that was a new experience for me. Yeah. Remember, I had I need I dropped like five hundred dollars on a jacket. It was crazy expensive. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. It was not great, but I'm not cold anymore. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. <laughs> But yeah, no, it was, uh, that was definitely rough. Um, I think another thing that was a little rough for me is, um, so in my cohort of uh, interns, um, there mm-hmm. were four SCAD kids who had intern at Google that year, and we all got really lucky, and we were able to pass um, um, hiring conversion. So, so basically how it works is um, when you do your internship, you, you kind of take like a little interview uh at the end of your interview uh sorry at the end of the internship um to see if you're you know if if you should be hired back Mm -hmm. and so uh the four of us did get the call back and you know we were super excited um and you know at the time again i I graduated end of november and so i was Mm -hmm. like oh i'll just wait it out and see what happens um i remember that specific year google was going through a hiring freeze um, and they weren't releasing their headcount until much later. So what I thought was going to be an advantage for me to graduate early ended up being a disadvantage. Uh, and because I'm mm-hmm. an international student, uh, I was put in this weird position where I needed to start work as soon as possible or I could right. end up getting deported. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was it was I was definitely very nervous and I was going through a lot at the time. Um, you know, I'm, in the end, I'm glad it worked out. Uh, mm-hmm. And I ended up interviewing with Google, and uh, there were a couple of teams uh, that were hiring back. Um, and and then I was just on my own, just uh, you know, interviewing at other places. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I was more passionate about the work at the startup, and so my decision ended up going there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, those. Four months, I think, three, four months after graduation were definitely very tough. Yeah. Um, and I and I and I can't imagine for for people who graduated uh, at, like once COVID had started, because uh, I feel like I I barely missed the the COVID um, hiring freeze. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the international student part alone is like so. I mean, Vroon knows. Like. Yeah. I, I'm so from stressful. Canada. So it's stressful, but not that stressful because like I can just stay in the country because I'm Canadian. <laughs> so, like, That's fair. <laughs> but but at the same time, it's like it messes with like getting hired still. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I have friends like other international student friends that are very scared, especially because like 
even H1 is like, it's a lottery, right? Like, even after mm-hmm. you have the job, there's a chance that you can't stay in the country because of a lottery. Yeah. And, like, that's oh, yeah. freaky. That's freaky. No, it is. It is. It, it's very tough. Um, I think being, I guess, like, so I've been working in, in the U.S. now for, like, over a year. And I think, like, yeah, this whole, like, international uh, hiring and, and, you know, like, uh, having... Needing to look for a company that would be willing to sponsor you, and mm-hmm. even after the sponsoring, like not even knowing if you would be selected for this H-1B visa, I I definitely realized that I was in a very privileged position of you know finding, you know not not going with uh, you know having the option to pick a different company or whatsoever that would be willing to sponsor me and you know mm-hmm. would be would be willing to kind of fight for me and take me in um even as an entry-level designer um i will say that you know not not many people have that privilege and it's kind of sucky um Mm -hmm. i wish the u.s was a little bit more open for people with higher education to you know work and stuff but and part of the fault is not even like it's just like really old legislation like part of it like Mm -hmm. for the green card i was attending this session at my internship this week, this week about like how you would go from getting h1 visa to like getting a green card um mm-hmm. and like your country of birth takes precedent in like the amount of time that'll take you to get the green card which doesn't make sense because mm-hmm. i was born in india but i moved to canada when i was two and like that's the whole mm-hmm. life i've known but yeah. india has a massive backlog just because of the mm-hmm. population so yeah. it can take up to 14 years for me to get like move from the h1 to a green card like H1 can be expanded wow. so I can be in the country, but it's just, it's like a weird thing. So, like, even if I'm in the country for yeah. 14 years, I can still be counted as only a worker, not, like, a not a yeah. permanent resident, which is, mm-hmm. like, yeah. like no, what? No, that's insane. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Um, I had a friend, or, well, I have a friend who's uh, from the Philippines, and he went to Colombia and had a, an issue and couldn't finish school and was kind of facing the the i guess like the uh it was facing deportation um Mm -hmm. because he was either a student or he was nothing right he would he had to leave and so um yeah he ended up getting married to solve that issue uh (laughs) which is insane to me um he's he's fine now like he ended up getting divorced uh -hmm. insane uh he's lived so much and he's only 24 um but yeah, no, it's just, uh, it's crazy, because I, I feel like a lot of us have this American dream of, uh, you know, especially us in tech, right? Uh, I feel like uh, the U.S. is so big in tech, and so uh, if, if you want to make a career out of tech, um, the U.S. is a, definitely a really good country to do that. And um, I personally don't want to go back home to work. Uh, cause mm-hmm. It's just not the same. Uh, my I, I think my skills are not appreciated as much as they're appreciated here. And mm-hmm. yeah, just the lens of uh, what people do to be able to stay in the country and just work is, is pretty crazy to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, have you guys seen 90 Day Fiance? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> you totally reminded me of that. First of all, it's playing tonight and I'm going to be watching it tonight. Mm-hmm. But that whole scenario reminds me of that. <laughs> I have not watched it live, but I've seen some like YouTube video reaction stuff. I think it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's <sighs> that's where Anyways. Big Ed is from, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, it must be. Yeah, he was trying to marry a person from the Philippines. I think actually. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But it, you know, not to spoil. <laughs> I won't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so in terms of design, whether it be UX or not, because, you know, we all like different things, uh, what's your favorite thing about being a designer and what is it about design that interests you rather than engineering or, you know, anything else? Mm. Yeah, um, I believe that specifically with UX design, I really enjoy the intersection of being a creative and also problem solving. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like for the longest, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do professionally. And I was a very artsy kid. So for me, it was kind of obvious to go into illustration. And then mm-hmm. I figured out like, oh, actually, I don't want to do this professionally. Like, it seems like it's going to kill my 
my passion for this. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really glad I found UX, uh, again, just because um, I, I feel like, again, it, it allows me to be a creative, um, but also uh, keeps my, my brain working, uh, mm-hmm. just problem solving. Um, also the fact that it gives me kind of an entryway to an area that I, before I didn't think I was good enough for, um, I didn't really, when I was growing up again, I, I didn't, I didn't feel like I was smart enough to be like a scientist or an engineer. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was like, oh, I guess like I'm, I'm good at art. So I guess I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, after, after working, uh, for like a year and a half, I've, uh, not only have I been getting better at designing, uh, but I feel like I've picked up a couple of skills in engineering, uh, AR, VR, uh, just like very different uh, spaces mm-hmm. that I for sure didn't think I was good enough to do. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that UX kind of allows for a lot of different skill sets to kind of meet together and um, just gives me an opportunity to explore different things. Yeah, totally. Varun, do you want me to ask this next question? I actually, I actually want to follow up a little bit about. Oh yeah, go for it. Not 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 about um, that previous question, but a little bit more about what you do at um, Click Therapeutics. Mm-hmm. Did I get that right? I feel like I got the name wrong. Yes. <laughs> okay. no, <you're> right. <laughs> um. So I, I want to like I know I asked what telehealth is before, but I want to dive in a little bit deeper. Um, because you were I guess working in like. The intersection of healthcare and tech when the pandemic hit like were there conversations that were being had at like work around like how you guys could help with that yeah uh there definitely was um so when i when i first started the company um uh, so, so just to explain click a little bit better their their whole goal is to become kind of like the adobe of healthcare so they want to have like mm-hmm. different products that treat different diseases and currently they have like I think it's like three that are out in the market uh, and they're like still developing other ones um, and partnering with different like healthcare providers uh, to make that a reality. Uh, when I first started at Click, I, I was put into our depression product. And so especially during COVID, there was a peak in uh, suicidal uh uh, cases and mm-hmm. uh, just a there. There was also a peak in uh, uh, therapy sessions. Uh, I, I, I believe there was like a lack of therapists at some point, mm-hmm. uh, just because so many people were seeking help, and so that um, as you know, as kind of bad as it sounds, like that actually uh, came up to be uh, really beneficial for us uh, because there was a market for our app to be used for by by a lot of people mm-hmm. um specifically to covid we haven't really we haven't really developed anything that helps with to fight covid or uh, do trace tracking or anything like that yeah um but i guess like the uh some of the effects of what the pandemic costs uh it definitely helped us uh kind of develop a better product and offer it to people who might need it mm-hmm so like i said at the beginning i was on your website and i just wanted to read this quote and just like get your thoughts because i think it's such a powerful quote on your website so it says as a hispanic woman in tech i'm passionate about creating work that empowers users and makes social impact through beautiful engaging experiences and i also actively encourage other women in latinx to find their voices and pursue their passions in design art and tech wow (laughs) can you tell us more about that like i think it's such a cool thing to have on your website but like um yeah tell us more (laughs) yeah for sure um so yeah so i i again um i feel like coming from uh uh coming from honduras um i personally didn't meet anyone back home that uh was really into technology or design um i had some friends that you know like drawing and painting but Mm -hmm. that was about it and back home there's still a stigma of 
you know, if if you know, if you become a designer, you'll starve. If you become an artist, you'll starve. Right. Like, yeah. You like you'll starve if you're not a doctor or a lawyer. So uh, <laughs> it was very frustrating for me uh, growing up and trying to figure out what I wanted to do in life. Uh, because all I would hear is, oh, you're, you're going to fail because you want to do this. Uh, yeah. Or if I said something like, um, oh, you know, I'm good at drawing. Oh, you should become an architect. And I was like, okay, yeah, I've heard that <laughs> dozens of times. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, um, I think because of that, because of uh, me feeling lost when I was growing up and trying to find out what I wanted to do with my life, um, I became really passionate about mentoring and um, just kind of empowering others to mm -hmm. find what they enjoy doing and actually making it a reality. Um, right now, um, I um, so I mentor in, in on co-folios, and I get a lot of people who are usually women and or from Hispanic descent. And it's usually the same story of like families disapproving or um, just uh, not being them not feeling like they're going to succeed in what they do. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, I try my best to kind of share my own story, share my struggles, uh, my successes, and, you know, just let other people know that it is possible for you to you know, follow your dreams if, you know, if you work, if you put some work into it yeah um yeah and then with the social <laughs> the social work stuff um i actually got the opportunity to work with uh the mit media lab uh to do some uh volunteering and social work with them um, i've been doing some research around accessibility uh and around specifically around um, um what's it called um spatial disabilities and uh temporal uh, temporary access uh temporary disabilities mm -hmm. uh, so I I've, I've been I've had the opportunity to talk to um, a lot of people and just doing a lot of volunteering there um, and a lot of social work so yeah it's something that I've, I've enjoyed a lot um, mm -hmm. and I've become really passionate about um, also working with I've, I've worked with NGOs before back home uh, and you know it's usually um, I would say that it's usually very rewarding if you find like the right NGO that's doing the right, like um, like something that you're very passionate about. Uh, back home, we were working with um, uh, impoverished families in rural areas of Honduras. And so mm -hmm. uh, I was helping conduct research uh, for um, kids who just, you know, didn't have homes or just lived in very impoverished areas. So. Yeah, I became really passionate about that as well um, and try to transfer what I learned there to uh, what MIT is doing for uh, the population that they are targeting. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, again, uh, also a very niche area. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, if, if I, I try to encourage others uh, to, you know, if, if even if they feel like it's really hard to get uh, to find um, work like design work in uh social in the social justice mm -hmm. space um you know there's still opportunities there uh and i do try to encourage people who are very passionate about uh some social issue uh, mm -hmm. to try to look for ways that they can help uh, use their skills there yeah it's so important and i, I really find the idea of like a temporary disability very interesting too because it's like, like the name implies is temporary, but mm -hmm. it means that the person is used to a very different reality. Um, mm -hmm. And then they're a shifting towards that disability temporarily. Whereas if you're living with that disability your whole life, you've, you've grown accustomed to it. Obviously it's not, doesn't make life easier, but you've kind of made tricks and trick like tricks around it. Um, so like for me, like I have glasses. If I wasn't wearing my glasses, the vision I have is even the vision I have is practically like I'm negative five, so I wouldn't be able to see. So it, 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 it's mm -hmm. the idea of a temporary disability and how we can solve for that. It's, it fascinates me. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, um, um, a lot of people don't think that accessibility is important in the world. Um, but one, one, one example that I, I love to give is when you're going to the subway and how hard it can be for someone that's in a wheelchair. 
uh, say that person in the wheelchair, uh, maybe they've been in a wheelchair, the, that wheelchair their whole lives. Uh, maybe they broke their their leg and they can't walk, so that's a temporary disability. Also, families with strollers, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the lack of elevators uh, or ramps. Uh, it's really hard to actually use the train that way. Um, so yeah, no, I I, I agree. Uh, it's it's super fascinating to work um, in the area of accessibility because mo most people believe that is a very that disability is a very small percentage of our population when in fact it can you know many types of disabilities can affect everyone at any point in their lives totally because isn't i'm i feel like i remember hearing this from a google talk like two years ago at scad talking about accessibility and disabilities and i feel like they said even the fact if you have really long nails mm -hmm. that can be that's a temporary disability Mm -hmm. They consider that because, you know, you can't you're not as dexterous and you can't type as well as someone else. And you have to use like that part of your thumb or something. Right. So I've, I've always been fascinated after that. I was like, holy crap. I didn't even think about if you get your like acrylic nails put on that counts. <laughs> and, you know, like that makes your life so much different. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 super interesting. Um, it, it's really interesting to just kind of read about accessibility and how how like the littlest thing that you might not have even considered mm -hmm. uh, like even like carrying your groceries if you have both yeah. arms just full of groceries you can't open the door there's no way for you to open your front door without your hands yeah. uh, that's a temporary disability as well um so yeah that that has been very interesting kind of just learning more about it and working with it yeah do you ever get like i don't know pushback from people like that they shouldn't care about it or i mean anything like that oh yeah <laughs> all the time, all the time. Wow. okay <laughs> yeah even on my even on my job um it's 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 hard kind of navigating what's uh kind of essential to a product and what's not essential to a product right um i feel like um even like even uh at my job sometimes i'm you know i try to consider like oh is this color uh accessibility passing and mm -hmm. you know it's, it's something as simple as that like i i try to keep my eye out for uh and sometimes like my coworker might be like it's okay like you know it's i don't think it's gonna matter um and yeah uh, i mean i i try my best to push for it um <laughs> but yeah. definitely definitely uh again a lot of people don't see accessibility as kind of a, an essential thing in design um, mm -hmm. when in reality there's uh, there's a big chance that that everyone will uh, experience some sort of disability if it's, even yeah. if it's a temporary disability at some point in their lives mm -hmm. I also want to quickly go back to the, some of the mentoring you do with um, the Latinx community um, how do you ch adapt your advice to people that are living in countries that like like you said at the beginning hunters may not appreciate the value of design as much as the united states how do you adapt your advice that you give those people yeah that's a great question um i think i always try to advocate the same things that i practice um to the people that i mentor um it is definitely harder when you're not in a place that's more accepting of uh, or, or that sees design as more necessary and essential um so yeah um i i try my best to um you know try to to, to get their try, i try my best to get to know what their situation is and what they're mm -hmm. looking for um m uh, most of the people that i talk to uh, most of them just want advice on how to be better designers or how to get a job um and even though it's different uh, case by case or, you know, depending on where you are, um, uh, for Latin America, uh, I, I do try to, even if you're like, um, if you're like an entry level designer, I do try to push for people to get that, maybe that first job that they don't love right away or that maybe mm -hmm. they feel like their skills are not being appreciated as much. Um, 
But I like to remind people that, um, you know, as an entry-level job, it might not be the best job or the your ideal job, uh, but you will be climbing a ladder. And hopefully, you know, that first job that you had uh, might get better. And if it doesn't, you know, now you have some experience and you can move on to finding another job. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I try to think as every job as a... You know, even if it's like not the greatest job or or your ideal job situation, um, I try to think of it as a way to get experience, uh, try to learn from from what you're doing at your job, uh, and move on. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, and you know, if if it's you're having trouble finding a job in general, or uh, you really don't want to do, uh, I don't know, like you really don't want to do logos for a company. <laughs> uh, then try to try to do some volunteering. Um, I I did a lot of volunteering when I was uh, in like my sophomore year at SCAD, and that helped me a lot in gaining experience, just uh, meeting others, uh, networking, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, again, not ideal because you're not getting paid, but um, it, it is still a really good way to kind of build up that experience and hopefully you know get hired somewhere. Um, that will see that you did this kind of work and you know, will value your skills more for it. Yeah. So recently there was a Honduras versus USA soccer game in Denver, Colorado, and I went there and Ooh. it was awesome. But what I was so surprised about is that there's so many people who are either fans of Honduras or are from Honduras that were packed in this stadium and I think it's something that just like you don't realize that, you know, such a small country really has such a big impact. And so the question that I have for you is like, first of all, like what is Honduras like and how does it kind of influence you day to day? Yeah, uh, so Honduras is a very fun country. Um, it's a lot of I, I feel like people are very, uh, you know, very Latino, uh, all happy and, you know, we dance a lot. <laughs> but no, no, in general, um, I would say that Honduras, um, I, I loved growing up there. Uh, I think um, Honduras is very Americanized. Uh, very mm. A lot of Central American countries are very Americanized. So I did grow up with um, a lot of like American cartoons or uh, just fast mm. food chains. Um, which is funny because when I when I first came to the U.S. and I'd be like, oh come on, like, like let's get Wendy's or something. Uh, <laughs> I feel like people people would be like, oh my god, you had a Wendy's back home? I'd be like, yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it, it's funny. Um, but yeah, I think unfortunately we've um, like a lot of other Latin American countries. Uh, there's a lot of corruption in the government and. Mm -hmm. You know, not saying that there's like a perfect government anywhere in the world, but uh, it we are like especially bad. We've had a lot of uh, back in 2009, we had a a really bad case, and there was a coup uh, against mm -hmm. one of our presidents. And yeah, right now it's been especially bad. There's um, if you've heard in the news, there's been a lot of um, uh, illegal immigration into the U.S., uh, especially on the border. A lot of them are, are Hondurans. And a lot of it has to do with, uh, one, just uh, the government getting more, more and more aggressive with reelecting themselves and, you know, just pu putting in mm. policies to stay in power and et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, uh, we, we have a lot of problems with uh, gangs. And so it, it's, it's definitely been heartbreaking seeing kind of, uh, I don't know, my, my friend uh, back home just... Uh, you know, being robbed uh, at mm -hmm. gunpoint um, for just for like a phone or something, and it's you know coordinated by gangs and stuff. So mm -hmm. it's it's definitely very heartbreaking. Um, but I love my country. Uh, we have amazing tourism. Uh, security <laughs> stuff is getting better, mm -hmm. which is good. Um, but yeah. <laughs> what do you do on an average day in Honduras? Um, what do I do? I feel like malls are still very big back home. Yeah. So I just remember, like, with my friends, like, after school, we would just go hang out in the mall. Just go watch a movie or something. And yeah. walk around the mall. 
That's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it's again, it's very Americanized. We had a we had a lot of like, I don't know, uh, we would go out bowling or laser tagging, uh, just just yeah. fun stuff. Is beach life really big in Honduras? Like at the at the coast, yes, yes. Okay. Uh, and I feel like people that are not in the coast also go to the beach a lot. Um, okay. But we, we do have very pretty beaches and our north coast and we have um, our Bay Islands, um, which are uh, very pretty. So <laughs> wait, does Honduras get both the Pacific and Atlantic? Yes, we, we so do. is it we really cold like and a, really warm? Um, it's warm in both places. Oh, but the, but the Pacific is <laughs> way hotter. <laughs> oh yeah that's so yeah. interesting okay i don't really yeah. know why um but yeah also we, we we don't really have too much of a pacific coast it's like a, this tiny tiny little bit it's more el salvador mostly has like most right pacific mm-hmm. so yeah um most of our like beach activities are in the north yeah totally okay and well, we've reached the end. <laughs> yeah, we've got to the final segment of the podcast. And the way we like to hand, end it off is with a few rapid-fire slash hot take questions. And they're not really hot takes, but <laughs> we like calling them that. Oof, uh, I'm getting a little nervous here. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. It, it's really not. Um, but um, let us know when you're ready, and we'll start firing away. I am I'm ready. Go for it. Right. <laughs> Hit um, me with I'll let Nico start with the first one. Okay, so the first one is really easy, and you'll probably get some enemies, you'll probably get some friends from answering this, but that's just Oof. how it is. So, Mac or PC? Mac. Care to explain? I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm a designer. Uh, <laughs> all my design work is just nicer on a Mac. Uh, back when Sketch was a thing, Sketch was not available on PC. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, so, uh, and then, and came Figma, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the only reason why I would use a PC would be for, probably for gaming or some 3D modeling, uh, but other than that, Mac all the way. Fair enough. All right. Um, the next question is, any design trends that you dislike? Ooh. Um, <laughs> and it can be any design, like, <laughs> in the world. Yeah, it could be like industrial design, fashion, like, yeah. anything. Okay. I forget to include fashion sometimes into design. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, oh my god! Now that I now that you mention fashion, I really dislike. Okay, two things. Really, really dislike that low rise jeans are become are coming back. I I hate that. I, I can't do that. No, I can't. I, do that. I can't. I I don't have the body for it. It's. I just feel like it looks. It doesn't look good on anyone. It looks uh, like the '90s, doesn't it? Like it looks like it's, it's old. Yeah. Yeah. The '90s or 2000s. Or just like Whatever late 90s. it is. Yeah. 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 Late it's '90s. Like, I think it just feels like something that's just like a fad from way back when. Is yeah. I definitely feel like it's a trend that's like. It's gonna last for like a year maybe, and then it's gonna go away again. I'm like mm-hmm. team high waisted jeans all the way, um, <laughs> and then cow print. I I for some I don't know why I just really dislike cow print. Chick Fil A uses cow print. <laughs> oh my god, it's true. You know what it reminds me of? Have you seen uh, Doja Cat's uh, Moo video? Mm-mm. It's pretty good. I would highly recommend it. <laughs> Moo on YouTube by doing yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I I automatically like go to that song whenever. But uh, if you like the song, then shouldn't it be a good thing? Then you're like, oh, Doja Cat. You know. Yeah, but I but you know I feel like Doja just did it first. You know, some did it better. Did it better too. Mm, yeah. 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 I get that. Yeah. Okay. Um, next one. What is your music streaming platform of choice? We got Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Tidal. For the one user out there. Spotify? (laughs) No, big Spotify fan. Um, Although I've been using using another app for podcasts lately, but I don't remember what it's called. I, like, literally just started using it last week. But, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, yeah, no, Spotify. 
Is there a reason? Like last week we were talking to someone who works at YouTube Music and he said Mm -hmm. he thinks people who like playlists usually like Spotify. People who like albums usually like Apple Music. Interesting. Do you think Um, you fit in that? Maybe. I I like making my own playlists and I feel Mm -hmm. like Spotify has very a very easy user interface for that mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah I, I also i also think that the their discoverability of new music is fantastic what they recommend mm-hmm. to you is just really on point um so i i just love going to uh the discover weekly and just listening to new music mm-hmm I do want to ask more about podcasts, but we have a question coming up anyways about podcasts. <laughs> you mentioned that you switch platforms, but before Nico gets to that, um, this one, this question is always a fun one to ask. Um, how do you go about wearing shoes and socks? Is it sock, sock, shoe, shoe, or is it sock, shoe, sock, shoe? Sock, sock, shoe, shoe. Okay. Yeah. People get really heated about this question. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Oof. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, so, okay, so I'm a, I'm a big, uh, no shoes at home person. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So like, I feel like when I'm getting dressed, part of the getting dressed includes socks. And so then I walk. So they're towards, already on. Right. So they're already um, on. And then I mm-hmm. walk towards the front of my house and where my shoes are and then put on my shoes. Mm, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Last one is more of like a recommendations, I guess. So are there any books, movies, podcasts, or other content that you've been recently loving and that you'd like to share? Ooh, I do. I'm a big reader and um, I like a lot of um, kind of uh, just nonfiction, fiction, uh, just a good mix of everything. But Mm -hmm. I recently started reading this book. It's called The Very Nice Box. Mm-hmm. It's a satire about working in tech. So I feel like oh, anyone okay. in UX would really enjoy this, this book. <laughs> they would probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll definitely have to check that one out. Yeah. 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 No, it, it's good. It's it's kind of like a little love story. Um, I'm, I'm, I just started it. I'm like, I'm like six chapters in. But mm-hmm. uh, so far, it's very entertaining, very relatable. Uh, they have this thing where... Uh, there's like this color system based on your personality and so everyone at the company kind of puts their color in their mm-hmm. email uh signature it's it's pretty ridiculous very tech yeah. um i find i'm 100 sure that happens at one company like <laughs> no way it does not happen. i wouldn't be su- i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> did you have a question about podcast for yeah like any podcast that you recommend i'm oh, always yeah. looking for podcast recommendations Ooh. oh yeah uh i've been Okay, don't judge me too hard, but I've been really into crime podcasts lately. I love crime uh, podcasts too. Dude, okay, yeah. okay, good. <laughs> On a road uh, trip, totally. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I've been addicted. Um, I have a couple. Uh, crime Junkie is very, very good uh, mm-hmm. for just kind of like a 40 minute case overviews. Uh, highly entertaining. And mm-hmm. if you want something a little more in depth and kind of funny too, kind of like a crime turned a little funny. Uh, there's this uh, podcast called Rotten Mango, uh, mm-hmm. and the host is just, uh, she's hilarious. Um, so I would also recommend her uh, for crime podcasts. Mm-hmm. Have you listened to Serial? Wait, is that yeah. a crime podcast? Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah okay. Like, yeah. Serial is a podcast that made podcasts, like, I feel like big. Yeah. At least, yeah, at least yeah. crime ones, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Oh, yeah. Well, my recommendation for this week is the new Pixar movie, Luca. It was really cute. Very heartwarming. Oh, and also they made a um, Monsters, Inc. TV show that like follows after Monsters, Inc. happened. And it's really funny. Like I was laughing multiple times. Very good. I watched Luca uh, about two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, Oh, so cute too. It's so cute. <laughs> uh, it's, oh God, it reminded me a lot of uh, "Call Me by Your Name," actually. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's it. Varun, do you want to give a recommendation? <laughs> a recommendation? <sighs> yeah. Oh, in music. Oh, God, I, I didn't write music down. Music as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, 
I guess I'll give a podcast recommendation, but this is a really mm-hmm. popular podcast. I've been listening to Armchair Expert, um, who, wait, Stack Shepard, um, mm-hmm. post it. it. It's fun. He calls, like, celebrities, but he also calls, like, experts of all different fields. Um, for those who, that don't know Dak Shepard, he's, he's, like, an actor slash, like, comedian. He's done punked back in the day, stuff like that, and... I guess people also know him by being Kristen Bell's husband, which is a funny way to know another. <laughs> but yeah, he, his podcast cool. He has a lot of cool people on. Um, sadly, it's going to Spotify exclusively now. So oh my. I, I hate that that's happening where podcasts are becoming exclusive, but I guess the, it's the future that we're living in. I hope not. That would suck. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much, Jackie, for taking the time to talk to us. It was really... A pleasure it was so mm-hmm. much fun and uh yeah thank you no oh my god of course it's it's always really fun seeing seeing scat peeps uh so thank <laughs> you so much for having me yeah of course <laughs>